Fade Zero, season three, episode forty-seven starts now. You never know what you're gonna get to start a show, and that was a that was a, the last pre-Thanksgiving you're gonna get. I'm your host, Brandon Davis, joined today by Jenna Anderson. Hey, everybody! I feel like I've lived a thousand lifetimes since we did last week's show, so we have a lot to talk about today, and okay. it's very exciting. Goodness gracious! We got Aaron Perrine. Hey guys, what's going on? And today, Jamie looks a little different because it's Chris Killian. It's me. I got a haircut. Hi. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks for joining us, Chris. Uh, like Jenna said, there's been quite a bit of news since our last episode of Phase Zero, and it was uh, among the ultimate post credit scenes for Phase Zero. We're finally getting a chance to talk about it today. I want to thank everybody for watching and listening to the Tom Hiddleston interview, which is the number three most watched video on the Phase Zero channel. I want to thank everybody for listening and watching to the Aman Vellani interview, which is currently the number 12 most watched video on the Phase Zero YouTube channel all time. Jenna and I had a blast with that one. There's some bits of that we're going to talk about. Uh, and thank you again for making those past few weeks a massive success for the Phase Zero audio. As a result, we're doing an audio-only bonus episode this Friday. Uh, it's going to be, th- we're each going to name things we're thankful for for the MCU. So on Friday, if you're in Black Friday traffic trying to get into the mall because you're like me and you're unreasonable and you really want that Lego Avengers Tower, well, we can be there with you having a marvelous time getting you through the Black Friday madness. And it'll be good. It'll be great. It'll be grand. Uh, also, thanks to Chris and a couple of Phase Zero listeners, Adam, who came out to a little wrestling event I was a part of. Uh, I want to thank anybody who turned out for that. I hope you come to the next one. It's going to go down, but we'll just leave it at that because that, we're not here to talk about that. I just want to thank the people who showed up. That means a lot to me. Pedro Pascal. Let's talk about some MCU news. And Pedro Pascal is the MCU news. This man is apparently Reed Richards in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's in talks to play Mr. Fantastic in the Fantastic Four reboot, according to first Daniel RPK and then everyone. So media reaction to this is... <laughs> kind of right no am i the only one I, I i love the fact that this confirms somewhat of marvel listens to our show and i'm very happy for layla i watched the like litany of emotions she went through when this news was being confirmed um i i can get into the specifics but this wouldn't have been my first choice for reed richards but i can definitely see it and i think that it could work i it's also just weird being at the point where we can have any remotely confirmed casting for this movie so I mean, this pretty much guarantees they're doing Sue and Reed have kids, right? Because that's the only thing Pedro Pascal does. <laughs> this no. is exactly why I don't want it to be Pedro Pascal. Because I, I love Pedro Pascal, but I, I admit that I am, I'm getting a little Pedro Pascal out in the sense of like, I just think that he's in so many things at this point that he's becoming one of those actors where I just see Pedro Pascal. And and I don't think I'm ready for the onslaught of Daddy Reed jokes for the next three years. I'm already like, oh no, oh no, not Daddy Reed. Aaron, what do you think of this? Um, very very happy for Layla. We like literally had like the talk on the ground like Drew Barrymore after this happened um, because we're very very both very excited. I know that a lot of people are sad about John Krasinski, and I, I understand a little bit of that. But as someone who didn't really have any skin in the game. I mean, if you wanted one of the people to be like super duper famous, like there you go. You have somebody to put front and center that people just go and point and go, hey, I like that guy. And that might be the most important thing. Cause also I don't know 
when everybody's like, oh, he doesn't fit Reed, I'm like, yes, the comics, I'm sure. But in the movies, it's like been all over the place. So who knows what we're going to get? My, go ahead. I would also argue, like, he can fit Comic Reed. Like, I think that Comic Reed Richards is has been a lot of different people over the years, both literally and metaphorically. And I think I can see Pedro simultaneously being, like, evil enough to be the maker and also, like, wholesome enough to be just, like, Reed hanging out with his kids. So I think, like, there is this range that he has that I think could lend itself really well, depending on how they decide to play him. Here, here's where I'm at. I love Pedro Pascal. There's, I, have, I have two kind of things that give me faith in this. One is I love Pedro. I think he's a tremendous actor, and he hasn't missed in a role yet. And two, I trust Sarah Finn's casting. She really doesn't miss either. I think Marvel Cinematic Universe has proved they are really good at casting these characters. And I get it. This feels like a safe choice at a time where you might need a safe choice if you're Marvel. Pedro's going to make for the fun press tour. It'll make for you know a good performance in the movie. And I think Pedro is a good enough actor, whether it's Game of Thrones, The Last of Us, Mandalorian, where he does a little bit of voice work at this point. I don't think he's even on set much. Kingsman, you know, he's been in every franchise and it is like Chris said, I'm starting to just see Pedro and it makes it feel like, okay, well, another franchise for Pedro Pascal. It's like, I, I'm, it's not, it's, it's, it's bittersweet because I do think he's great and I find him tremendously entertaining and he's a great person and he's very talented at the same time. Like, Hmm, I do like, I did like the days when Marvel would cast some unknown people and blow them up into stars. And then they'd kind of become so synonymous with the role. And that could very well, that second part could be what happens here. I think he could do a very incredible job as Reed Richards and become synonymous with the part. And then he'll end up defining the character. And I hope it is, you know, the actual smartest man in the world. I think John Krasinski could have played a great Reed. I'm not upset that it's not John Krasinski. I didn't expect it to be John Krasinski beyond the cameo in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. But I also hope this Reed is smarter than that Reed because, you know, giving away your plan to get shredded into mom's spaghetti was not the move if that a big brain guy would do. But it's just, it feels like a weirdly safe choice that's just like, okay, after all this, all that we went through, every rumor, every report, every bit of Fantastic Four news cycle, Pedro Pascal, after a, a, a trip to the golf course in The Last of Us Season 2, is going to play uh, Reed Richards in the MCU. Cool. He's great. So just kind of, to me, I'm like, all right, well, let me see the rest of the cast. It's, it's, it's probably Pedro and Vanessa Kirby. Uh, neither are like confirmed by Marvel, but I believe Vanessa Kirby is accurate and Pedro Pascal is reported by enough reputable outlets at this point where it's like, okay, we're just accepting this. Right. Yeah. Um, but something that is less reputable so far is a rumor about silver surfer in this movie. The rumor is that silver surfer, they're thinking about making silver surfer a woman in the fantastic four movie. I mean, where does this even go? Where to have this conversation is going to go well. I'm already tired of this conversation. I want no part of this conversation for the record. I'm going to just hang back and just wait. I, as I was saying before we started recording today, there is comic precedent for Silver Surfer being a woman. You can be a herald of Galactus and not be a man. That is not an exclusive statement. I I know that this is going to cause so much discourse, but I also feel like a lot of the discourse is going to be from people who aren't really big Silver Surfer fans to begin with. They're just going to be mad that a woman is taking a man's place in this movie. But I think, again, like you were saying, if Sarah Finn casts the perfect person and if the character fits the role that the movie needs for her, then I'm completely on board. I also will always advocate for more women in the MCU. So, Aaron, you got any thoughts here? We're just, we're just destined to argue about stuff that people have not seen until the sun explodes or the, the big earthquake hits California or whatever, you know? Um, 
I what did we learn from Echo, y'all? What did I say last week? We wait till things come out to have opinions about them. If if it's good, it's good. If it's not, we'll discuss afterwards. But before I've seen a headshot, all I've seen is Boss Logic make weird, stretchy versions of Pedro Pascal. That's all we have of this movie. Okay, that's it. There's nothing else. There's nothing else exists. So let's see what happens. Like like Jenna said, there's like 18 gajillion heralds of Galactus. Like, come on. Yeah, I following the comics, whether not just based on gender or you know ethnicity or identity, things like well, identity obviously is important, but. I think that following the comics gives people something to be excited about, something to dig into and look forward to. And if they want to do iconic Silver Surfer stories or Fantastic Four stories, I just hope that the storylines follow the comics, the characters and who they are isn't like crazy. But you know, it's just this is just another one that I'm just like, are we doing this? I will say too, uh, though, I think that like Rise of the Silver Surfer did such a good job with like that 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 version of Silver Surfer that you almost have to do something different to see some, you know to see something new on screen that people haven't seen before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the, the later. I just, <laughs> I, I'm already. All that, that sugar from yesterday on your birthday is hitting me hard, man. I mean, I already like, man, I said this on last week's show. Like I liked the Marvels less than everyone else on this show. I thought it was fine. But even just saying that I thought the movie was fine resulted in people just being total dicks. And I'm just like, bro, I just, I don't feel like arguing anymore about stupid shit on the internet that you don't need to argue about. Uh, Destin Daniel Cretton left Avengers the Kang Dynasty. He is not directing the next Avengers film. And people are like, well, who's going to direct it then? And I'm like, well, is anyone? Is this movie going to have a director? Because is it going to exist? This, of course, follows that you know Marvel in Crisis report, which has turned out to be at least in part inaccurate. But in that part, in that report, it said they were thinking about shifting away from Jonathan Majors and Kang entirely after Quantumania's disappointing box office. Uh, Loki season two certainly gave them the opportunity to do that with that finale. They could just never mention Kang again. And it would be weird, but they could now, seemingly. Uh, And Destin Daniel Cretton is now at work on Shang-Chi 2. He directed two episodes of Wonder Man, which is a Marvel Spotlight series, just like Echo. They need an Avengers movie, and they need it in a bad way. I think it's already too late to just throw an Avengers movie out there, but it is a big reason I think the audience has kind of been like, well, this is all over the place and scattered, and nobody's connected, even though some characters are meeting. But will Avengers The Kang Dynasty be the next Avengers movie? I, If I were saying right now, if I were to look at my magic ball and control what it says, I don't think this movie's happening, personally. I think a Avengers movie is happening. I don't think it's going to be Kang Dynasty. I know we had this conversation last week with the Jeff Loveness of it all and whether or not he might be still writing the movie or they might be pivoting to a completely different story. I think that the Destin news basically confirms that in my mind of whatever iteration of the movie, we're going to get another Avengers movie. Oh, absolutely. That is a no brainer. I, it's just the fact that this is happening it is definitely unprecedented and is definitely big with something as big as an Avengers movie. I, I was getting a haircut when this news broke and Aaron called me and I knew if Aaron was calling me, something had to be big. And so I was just texting Aaron of like, what is going on? I The fact that this happened right after our show last week was hilarious, but I, I think it's ultimately for the best. And I'm very curious to see what Avengers movie we might get out of this. 
this. Now, do you guys think that it's good? They're going to skip ahead to Secret Wars, or you think it's going to be an all new Avengers movie? I I think that they're going to split it into two parts, and that it'll be Secret Wars Part One and Part Two. That's I think sort they're of just going to move think it up. Too. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that, especially now with like the post credit scene of uh, of Miss Mar or not not Miss Mar the Marvels and everything, I I think they're sort of like fast tracking some X Men uh, out, out here for Secret Wars. I really hope this ends up being like I I mean listen before not related to the Jonathan Majors of it all. I tweeted a couple months ago, just scrap Kang Dynasty and make Avengers vs. X-Men. And I still think that's going to end up being the path even more so than it might have been before, this this sort of multiversal Avengers vs. X-Men story. But like Iman Vellani said in our interview, that's an expensive film if you bring everybody back. So we'll see if that happens. But I don't. I, I am of the belief now, with all of the signs that are coming out, Jeff Loveness being fired, Destin Daniel Cretton leaving the movie, Jonathan Majors' uncertainty, I don't and Quantumania's disappointing box office, and just the kind of lack of reception to the Kang story. It, it, I know everybody Everybody wants, as soon as you say something like this, everybody wants to jump down your throat and say, be patient, be patient, shut up, be patient. We're halfway through phase five. We are halfway through the multiverse saga. I don't feel the hype about Kang. Kang was cool in Quantumania. He got beat by ants. Victor Timely was very interesting in Loki. He didn't save the day or die. He was just kind of there. What other Kang variant? The, 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 the he Kang, who remains. He yes. who remains was fantastic. He who remains yeah. is fantastic. Uh, the Kangs at the end of Quantumania, that scene lost me. Those performances. Yeah, we've talked about this privately, Brandon, where it's like uh, uh, Jonathan Major's controversy aside, even before all that, like I, I feel like as good as he did in Quantumania, that in credit scene was so cheesy. And I hated it so much that it, it it completely robbed all the thunder that he built up in that movie. Where I was like, I no longer wanted to see the, to see King Dynasty after that whole arena full of those ridiculous kings. And I, I, I mean, I'm I'm I mean, I'm basically with you. I did that scene didn't do much for me. I thought it was too cartoonish. And at this point in the Infinity Saga. The Thanos hype was off the was was people were interested. People were Google searching Thanos. People were reading comics about Thanos. People were trying to find out more. People were trying to figure out where's the soul stone? Where's this? Where's that? Is this a is this an infinity stone? But all that. I don't see that. Like in our audience, yes, we are the hardcore Marvel fans. So I think about that. I don't think about it as passionately as I did about Thanos by any means, by any stretch. Uh, so I, I do think I don't want them to rush into a Dr. Doom story because Doom is a fantastic character, obviously has a huge role in the Secret War story that it seems is the one they're going to be adapting for the movie. Please don't rush that. Please don't miss that. You get one shot at it. Let's do it right. But I, I, I'm not going to be shocked if they move away from Kang Dynasty because it's just it's not even worth the risk of let's wait and see. Maybe it is to see, you know, what happens with Jonathan Major's case. But at the, I just don't think people are crazy invested in Kang anymore. There are definitely Marvel fans who are. They are they exist. But it's not the same as Thanos. I was going to say, I feel like the general population has no idea who Kang is still. I think that Quantumania not really grossing a lot of money kind of proved that. And there is still, like, I, I bang this drum. I know people who don't watch the Disney Plus shows because they don't have access to stream Disney Plus. And so, like, for those audience members... Kang is nothing. Kang's a character who was in one Ant-Man movie that they may or may not have seen. So I think at this point, like we were saying with Loki season two, the way that they ended that is the perfect way to just kind of close that book if they absolutely have to and pivot to something else. Mm -hmm. I, I just don't see you setting up Doom in any sustainable way before 
the thing just because of the timing. I just don't see it. Yeah. Like Rickman said, they're still doing Kang. They just might recast him like a couple days ago. We reported on the site. I feel like that's what the plan is. We're too far along on the tracks. Aaron, I don't know who, you, who you're going to do. You know? I'll say this. Aaron is much better at being patient and not reactionary than I am. I look <laughs> at the signs and I tinfoil hat gets tight and I'm like, they're scrapping the movie. I hope, they, the right. I, I hope mean, they recast Kang and then in the same scene, Dr. Doom comes in and murders him. <laughs> That, Who I mean, you gonna, who's gonna be doing then? John Ham. I, I mean, Sister Sinister, right? Yeah. <laughs> I almost put that in here. Um, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I sincerely, I'm like everything so far down the tracks. I don't know if you can just easily just go. Here's Doctor Doom. Like, he just jumps out of one of those circle things, like Robin. Like, that's that's the plan. That's what we got. Okay, sounds good. Maybe <laughs> maybe we get Mister Doom first. He's not a doctor quite yet. <laughs> He earns still, his doctorate over like three movies. <laughs> he's, still, he's still in medical school. Uh, I mean, yeah, I just, I don't really, and maybe I'm overestimating the popularity of Thanos by about the time of Guardians of the Galaxy. But I went into Guardians of the Galaxy knowing that there was something Thanos coming in that film. And I was through the roof excited to get even a piece so by that point, you had merely seen Thanos turn his face into camera in the credit scene of the Avengers and sit on a chair in space. And he felt threatening. He felt really interesting. And you knew he was kind of pulling some strings. He Who Remains was fantastic in Loki. I feel like not nearly as many people watched Loki as watched Guardians of the Galaxy in theaters, you know, things like that. Age of Ultron, where he says, fine, I'll do it myself. But even the credit scenes back in the Infinity Saga, the Collector was getting the Infinity Stones. You know, things like that that started seeding this overarching story. Whereas in this, like we've talked about, there's probably 11 unanswered credit scenes at this point that don't seem to be building towards an overarching story, but just direct sequels that aren't announced. So I do think right now they're at that rebuild phase. They just slowed everything down. Only Deadpool 3 next year, Echo and Agatha and X-Men, you know, animated. And then 2025, it looks like they're going to get the ball rolling again with four movies. So we'll see. Uh, but anything else on the Kang front you guys want to talk about? No? Well, this is a great opportunity to tell everybody to subscribe sub, 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 subscribe to the Phase Zero channel on YouTube. Thank you for uh, the huge boost of subscribers recently and watching our videos, our interviews, our live shows. We do this every Wednesday. Like I said, bonus episode, audio only on Friday. Things we're thankful for in the MCU. So we're going to take a quick minute break. During that break, go ahead, comment section. Tell us something in the MCU you're thankful for. We'll see you in a minute. welcome back to phase zero season three episode 47 where we just talked all about the fantastic casting news avengers the kang dynasty and i don't know if you can hear it but my dog nova really wants to join the show we got to talk about a couple other things today some news aman Vellani was on the phase zero podcast for a little spotlight interview you see what we did there with the name of the episode uh it's strictly coincidence Amon Vellani, Miss Marvel herself, 
told us that they almost had the young Avengers all together in the Marvels. Now, if you haven't seen the Marvels, which apparently no one has, which is our next news subject, we're going to talk about, we'll keep this spoiler free as a matter of fact. We won't spoil anything from the Marvels. But she, there was a scene that sort of teased the Young Avengers, and I'll just leave it at that. It almost had a full-fledged Young Avengers team. This is what she said, and you can listen to this in podcast form. You can watch this on the YouTube channel. Quote, yes, I mean, it was like pretty much the same lines. I think they were trying their best to incorporate as many as they can, but I think it's better that we see Kamala actually form the Young Avengers starting from the beginning because there was a version where they already exist, and I was like, that doesn't make any sense. And they were like, we know. We're not going to film this. Good call, in my opinion. Would have been what they call in wrestling a cheap pop that would have came at the expense of the later moment where Kamala goes around, forms the Young Avengers, and we get that wraparound shot like the first Avengers movie, which she went on to talk about uh, in in you know in that Young Avengers title, which I hope is a Disney Plus series personally. But uh, I'm with this. I support this. I do too. I first of all, go listen to that interview if you haven't already. I know we've plugged it like half a dozen different times, but it was an absolute delight to be a part of. And her answers were so thoughtful and so interesting. I, I'm so glad that they made this decision because especially I know Aaron has thoughts on this, but especially after they have been teasing the Young Avengers for so long, if we already had them like partially formed off screen, but we haven't seen that at all, that would have felt kind of unrewarding. So I like that we're starting in a movie, we're starting the groundwork to potentially have that team exist. I love to see them call themselves champions. Like they, they kind of mimic the Avengers, but they don't call themselves the young Avengers. Also calling themselves the young Avengers would be like the kind of campy cheesy thing that they might not do. And didn't Iman say in another interview that she really wants to see Kamala with miles and Sam. Yeah. yeah but like, I don't, we're not, we're not getting miles anytime soon. I feel like, like, oh, don't, I, I, I know that's a whole separate conversation, but I feel like, <laughs> I feel like realistically we have enough young Avengers already in the universe. I feel like they might, focus on that i also i know people were saying this with the destin and the kang dynasty of it all of like if you could jamie i think was saying this of like just make a young avengers movie like that would also be a sufficient way to kind of carry stuff forward so i feel like we're gonna, gonna see that before do you think they're gonna call them the young avengers i also am of the opinion that i would prefer them not call them the young avengers i think that works in comic books but when you when you when you put that young name on something it's kind of weird it's kind of like like calling Shawn Michaels heartbreak kid, right, BD? You know, but then he's like 55 and he's not a kid anymore and it's kind of weird. But counterpoint to that, Young Justice was a very successful show. So I feel yeah, like there's a way to do that, it. Wasn't and, that a cartoon? Make it act- yes, but like it yeah, still was. that's my point, could- is they age. <laughs> but they leaned into that. I don't know. I think... I also, I've had this conversation on the show a dozen times over of like them not using the Avengers branding at any point in phase four might have kind of backfired in one way or another and so i think just we've seen it with the marvels i know it this was also the case with like birds of prey if you put out a title and you don't really title it in a way that audiences can understand what it is that might create a disconnect and so i think as much as i love champions as a team i think having them be called the young avengers would get people more invested like who don't know what's going on i don't think there's a single chance they don't call that movie or project young avengers just because avengers as a name as a marketing tool is so great um if you call it champions you're gonna have people very very confused i mean unless you subtitle it champions, oh well, I'm, the young, young avengers, avengers. Oh, sure cool. i suppose i mean <laughs> also <laughs> you're, you're hoping chris got more faith in the general reading capacity of the average american than i ever have at any point in my life um <laughs> <laughs> like uh, just i don't know i i would like to see all this too like of course and 
I guess having her go through, but I think it's going to be a montage in the project of the movie anyway, because where is the other recruitment going to come from? We don't know right. when you're going to see Cassie again. You have no idea if Eli's even in the team. Uh, Billy and Tommy are dead. Um, there's, there's like white vision is flying around somewhere and in another series. Maybe that's what that'll end up being, but yeah. I mean, also, it's not the same thing as the first Avengers, which was the comparison, because in the first Avengers, there were characters reluctant to join, whereas all of the young Avengers in the MCU presumably would be like as excited to join it as Barry Allen was in Justice League movie. Like, they're all just like, let's go. Let's do this. Kate Bishop, maybe. Or yeah, Yelena, maybe reluctant to work with a team, but like also loves people, even though like she's got so like that's kind of her, her trope, you know, like. So I don't know. I'm curious how a young Avengers would perform. I think like the Marvel's box office, which we're about to talk about next, uh, like the Young Avengers would have a similar tone, I think, to what the trailers for the Marvels had. And I'm curious how Marvel is going to adjust budgets, if at all, for more of this this kind of family friendly, lighter stuff, if it didn't perform just now, because it kind of cataclysmically hasn't performed. And that's yeah. Do we want to get into it? Do yeah. We want to get into it? Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, the Marvels had the worst box office drop in MCU history. It was a 79% drop and it only grossed 10 million in its second weekend. Um, I know we've had this debate countless times on the show. I, I legitimately don't think that they marketed this movie enough for families and that kind of all ages approach. I think if they had leaned into that even further, we would not be having this exact conversation. So I think with the Young Avengers of it all, there is a way to market it that could still work. Um, this just makes me really sad. I it, it All of this is just very depressing. I, I know I'm part of the problem because I went and saw Hunger Games as opposed to going to go see the Marvels again. But I think that this movie ultimately at the end of the day will, will end up mattering in the multiverse saga a lot more than people are realizing. And that at least gives me hope that over time, more people are going to watch it, more people are going to come around to it. People are going to watch it when it's on Disney Plus. I have no doubt. Yeah. I was just about to say, I'm yeah. already pre-writing the most watched premiere on Disney Plus since Hot Hocus Pocus 2 for our site. Somewhere Joe is like, yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Write it up. Him and Jim Biscardi. <laughs> that is what the destiny of these movies have been. If anything, I'm like, when in the world are they going to push the timings back for these movies so that just doesn't happen? Because there's so many people you talk to who are like, I've talked to multiple people who like, I like Thor 4, I liked Ant-Man, and they just watch it at home. Because why are you going out to pay $18 for a ticket at the theater, plus popcorn and drink, when I could just sit at my house and drink beer while I watch it? It's insane. <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah, viewing habits have definitely changed. I want to see both The Holdovers and Napoleon this weekend. I'm like, man, I got to plan out spending all this money and leaving the house for that many hours i gotta leave the house but i mean yeah. i love going to the movies so it's not it's it's but it's it's interesting to notice in myself as somebody who really like going to the movies is one of my favorite hobbies i used to do it a lot more and nowadays i just find myself doing it a bit less so i think that's another factor but i don't think that the marvels are under like it's a number of factors i i think it's crazy that this is the it's good it's probably going to finish as the worst performing marvel movie in for the MCU, I can't imagine it's like with a drop. I'm shocked that it dropped seventy nine percent after already opening low. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, it can't drop too much because it didn't even make enough to have a big drop, and it still did. Which it's just at the total now is what sixty million, maybe. I think it was at seventieth end of the week. But so, if you look okay. at the demographics of the movies that released this weekend, it does make sense because freaking yeah. Hunger 
games is for yeah. better or worse it's a Y franchise with a mostly female like uh-huh. skewing demographic the other th- all the older people went to see thanksgiving there was another a, a troll band together for, yeah. for little kids trolls was fun yeah, and I mean, Brandon will tell you, Trolls was fun. Like, I, I, I don't understand. Like, I was like, man, this really... And then also, I think, Jenna, to your point as well, they couldn't market it to kids because they're putting all of the kids' advertising money towards Wish because Wish comes mm. out this week. Yeah. And that's going to... that. There's a lot of eggs in that basket. I, I don't like think that, that one's going to do well either. I honestly, if they had delayed the Marvels to, like, early next year, I feel like this whole, like, the and kept the movie exactly the same as we saw it, I feel like the conversation would be monumentally different. I think that the, like, again, it was so many different factors, but I think the release date was a huge factor. And it got so brutally overshadowed by the Loki finale. Mm Mm-hmm. All of my feed is was Loki all weekend, and not a, and if it was the Marvels, it was people being mad at people being mad about the Marvels, like because I I think that Loki just was such a positive result, such a great show, and I was having more fun talking about Loki to be honest, because there wasn't the whole there wasn't there was far less arguing, which is just that's part of it. Can I bring up one more thing before we move on? Please. There's a delightful piece over at Inverse. I know we're not supposed to hype up the competition, but the delightful, oh like, Ivy, uh, Livy Scott wrote an article questioning how a lot of these things that have happened with Marvel and these franchises date back to how Disney, in, in particular, has not dealt with harassment towards directors, harassment towards talent, or whatever, back when things were good. And now that things are bad, you cannot overcome some of the harassment campaigns some of the organizing some of the other stuff that's gone around this and i think that's a legitimate question too because no one like you saw the branded smart man he sat there he was like this is going to be really really contentious because people are really jerks and if we can see that eight months ahead of a movie how are the people who are in charge not seeing that that's in front of the movie you really have to do if you're going to put diverse voices diverse actors performances on screen you have to have some sort of institutional backbone behind them and there really wasn't any i like i told me it's, it's a joke in our house we have to have like a picture of Ewan mcgregor on the wall not just because he looks like jesus but because he's very very nice mm-hmm. he's like the only one of these stars on one of these things that have stepped up for their like castmates while this stuff was going on and be like that's not cool guys knock it off and yeah. it doesn't hurt he sounds like somebody's daddy you're talking about the Obi-Wan thing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Better with Moses. I mean, He's the we, only person I can remember. I, I, I think that if, uh, I mean, the stuff that is being said about Nia DaCosta is kind of crazy and seems super out of pocket. Like, it's just like mm-hmm. so many people are trying to make it seem like Nia DaCosta tried to make a bad movie or like quit the movie. I, I, it's, it, I, I have not seen this level of scrutiny for a Marvel director. And I would love to see... It's it's interesting because Marvel has never done this, whether in, in no sort of controversy, only once have they really addressed anything. It was the Ed Norton thing that yeah. and that was like to say, well, we don't want to work with him again. I have never, I don't know, like Marvel, of course, they've released their little, like every other major brand does, you know, here is our statement about why the current political issue on social media is our, and we are on the side of the good side, like that sort of bland statement that everybody makes, that all the big brands make. But they had like I haven't seen Kevin Feige come out and say we stand by this director. She made a fantastic. And maybe he has. Maybe there's an interview out there I haven't seen. But I think it would go a long way for you know some Marvel executives to come out and say these women came out and they made the best movie they could, and we don't support anybody who's being negative about it. I also at the same time can see well if you 
acknowledge the negativity. You have a bit of a fear of fueling it even further because then the negative people feel like they got that nerve. They struck that chord that made you do that. And in a, in a sense, that is validating to the people who are just being dicks. But I do think it, it would go a long way if, if someone that we all look up to at Marvel Studios was like, hey, this like just stops talking untruths. But Marvel never debunks stuff. So I don't know that maybe that's just they're like, we don't negotiate with fake reports. I don't know. This is all news to me in the sense of I think we should just all stay out of comment sections because I have no idea about all of this drama going on. Because oh, even it's, it's beyond comment sections. There's like articles being written like in some major publications that are trying to like insinuate certain things that are not accurate. Like it, it's it's all just it's a mess. Oh, man. Yeah, well, there, was, I, there was even a report from the trades that like that night to cost to skip the screening. But it yeah. was her birthday. And yeah, it she was wasn't like, invited. And she yeah. was in a sugar coma. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I had to wake up this morning and get out of it. If there was a, I, I, if this phase zero episode was yesterday, I'll tell you who wasn't going to be there. <laughs> Everything day, a little glob down with cream cheese. Uh, all right. Well, yeah. So the Marvels has just been kind of one of the more unfortunate messes of the year. The movie is better than its box office implies, in my opinion. Uh, it's far from the worst. Marvel movie. It's, it's better than Captain Marvel. This is, I, yeah. I felt like I really like Captain Marvel is hands down my least favorite movie. I'll say it. It's my least favorite in the MCU. I can't help it. Uh, I just don't like the retconning of a lot of the stuff that they did, but I thought Brie Larson was fantastic in this. I thought she was the most likable mm -hmm. she'd ever been as Captain Marvel. I think it's a, and it's a, it's a fun movie. I took my son to watch it. We both enjoyed it. I mean, it, it it was a good time. I mean, you're not you know, allowed definitely to have fun worst movies out there from the MCU. You're not allowed to have fun if you say you had fun at the movies. Then film Twitter in a as a gaggle of d bags just yells at you. <laughs> that, oh, that means it's mid. It's terrible. You said fun. You like buying a ticket to fun. <laughs> oh, I I, I don't I, read. I don't read comments. So I'm I don't so care tired of the damn internet. Job, oh Chris. my god, you're not allowed to have fun anymore. I bring it on. Tell me, tell me what you guys think. I won't read it. <laughs> good, good, good. All right. Anyway, well, let's get let's get to one more thing here. Then we're gonna take a break and try to get through as much of the news we have left here. Aaron, you brought that Spider Man. Uh, I'm unfamiliar. Actually, I saw a little bit of this Spider Man thing. We could. This is a. This is a Daniel RPK story. It's a rumor. We already hit one of those today. So let's let's run with it. Let's hear what it's, what you got. Oh, okay. Uh, so they're, uh, according to Daniel RPK, uh, very, very well informed about these things. Sony is planning to incorporate more of its universe's content into Spider-Man 4, which would mean that all the villain movies, Venom movies, your, your, your Morbius, your Craven, might have something to do with Spider-Man 4, which is both interesting and slightly worrisome if you're not a fan of a lot of that i know there are venom fans in the in the chat i know i'm sitting right next to one right now but <laughs> how does everybody feel about you getting some weird you got sony and my marvel you got marvel and my sony i feel the same way that you were saying with like echo of it all it's like just wait and see until this thing just actually sure comes happens, out this yeah. movie is so far away from becoming a reality we don't even like there have been so many stops and starts of uh john watts and tom holland and zendaya supposedly coming back and then that needing to be confirmed over and over again i don't think we're at the point where this movie is gonna start momentum anytime soon and so this could just be a rumor. It could be true. We're going to not find out the answer until so long from now. So, I find it interesting that the pendulum has swung back to Sony now because Marvel Studios 
is still Marvel Studios. They still have a guaranteed audience in some level. But it used to be, hey, you need us more than we need you. Because when they wanted Spider-Man in the MCU, there was a huge leverage and a huge promise, whether it was that was motivating or not, that if Spider-Man is part of the Avengers films, your movies are going to make more money. Your solo films. So when Sony gets to make the, that Spider-Man trilogy and take home $2 billion for No Way Home, a bunch of money for Homecoming and Far From Home, that was because it was part of the MCU. The amazing franchise, say what you will about it 10 years later because suddenly everybody loves it, was on the decline by comparison to itself and to Toby's movies. So now it seems with the Marvel Cinematic Universe having lost a bit of that grip on the box office, Sony might be like, well, 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 we want to bargain a little harder now. Uh, will this happen? I don't know. I don't like when Sony goes rogue because their movies aren't. I, I like when it's cohesive with the MCU. Morbius's post credit scene is one of the most insulting piles of trash to ever happen. Uh, it's like, that. I don't, you know, but also the Sony Spider-Man movies might, you know, do a good deal better if they just have Spider-Man in them. I mean, certainly, but it, it's, are they going to actually, tr like, will they actually make standalone Spider-Man movies or are they going to try to trick us into thinking they're part of the MCU and all their marketing and all that stuff? Or will they just embrace the fact that they can make a separate universe using probably Andrew Garfield, but by the sound of this, Tom Holland, I don't know. It, 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 I just want it to make sense. And like you guys, I'm not the wait and see. I'm the reactionary person on the show. <laughs> And my reaction is like, just I need it to make sense, and so far it doesn't. Unless, like, just, please, no more moms in the Amazon researching spiders. <laughs> that's that's exactly why I don't think it's going to be just Spider Man because the literal <laughs> the stuff that we know about Madam Web makes me think, oh no no no, they're taking my boy into uh, Spider Verse territory yeah. ASAP. That's why when yeah. you said, oh Miles isn't even, I'm like, this is Sony. They've been trying to make a Secret Six movie for how long? There's a Six movie for how long? Oh, man, please. Come on. And they, they have Miles, the hottest character in the world right now. They have Miles Morales over there. So, I mean, I do want to see Miles get, get live action treatment as well. So we'll see. Maybe, maybe you know, that theory from Beyond the Spider-Verse comes to fruition one day. But I hope the spider stuff works out. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to get through. We got quite a bit of news stories still from, from Thunderbolts, Venom, and Craven. Uh, we'll see if we get through all of them. Silk, one more break. We'll be right back. Subscribe to the channel. Leave a five-star review. Press play for your dog. See you there. Welcome back to Phase Zero. Not only is Nova listening to the show, but Layla's dog, Pedro, also an avid listener. Not listening today. I have been informed by the comment section, but an avid subscriber. I think Layla's dog has his own iPhone. Uh, all right. We got a few more pieces of news here. Robert Kirkman. Robert, I, first of all, I love Robert Kirkman. If you don't know who Robert Kirkman is, this is the man behind The Walking Dead, Invincible, Battle Pope, uh, some <laughs> iconic comics, Marvel Zombies for a bit there. Doesn't seem eager to work with Marvel again, and this seems to further that. He is good friends with Steven Yun. He's still trying to find Maggie. No luck yet, but he found Sentry. Steven Yun was Glenn on The Walking Dead, and so here's a... I don't, I don't know... This is from David Finch's YouTube channel. All I saw was this clip going around on YouTube. Thank you for putting that in the rundown there. So Steve, so Robert Kirkman was was on a, on a live stream, I believe it was, and uh, while somebody was drawing Omni-Man, 
from the fantastic show Invincible and comic Invincible. And he said, quote, my good friend Stephen Young is playing the sentry in a movie. He called me. He went in for a costume fitting. I don't think this is a spoiler or anything that'll get anybody in trouble. I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. I don't care. I don't work for Marvel. What are they going to do to me? He called me and he said, uh, I just came back from a costume fitting for Sentry. I guess I only do superheroes that wear yellow and blue. So, Kirkman out here throwing Stephen Young under the Marvel bus a bit. I don't think he meant because he... he he, I think he just probably assumed we know that because it was so widely assumed before he said this. This isn't really news. It's just coming from a person we all trust. I thought this was hilarious, personally. I love this so much. I also just like the fact that we're getting a Marvel zombie show. I'm like, what if that just like unceremoniously gets shelved because Kevin is mad <laughs> at this whole situation? Because he can't snipe Robert Kirkman because Robert Kirkman's not on his payroll. I... We knew this. This was this was common knowledge, but it's nice to have it confirmed and from such an unexpected and hilarious way. I agree. I'm only I'm impressed at VD's like restraint and not saying threw him under the dumpster. And then secondly, <laughs> also oh, I missed that one. Oh. oh man, scintillating television. Oh, oh. and I also am like. Wow, I hope Steven Yu doesn't get into trouble because you totally are getting talked to. You're totally getting the Mark Ruffalo phone call for that. And it's not your friend, even though they're the one that broke the window at your neighbor's house and you're, he hands you the bat. That's what just happened to poor Steven Yu. Oh, man. But it should be exciting to see him a century. I do believe they're adding more century to Thunderbolts. And his costume, I've heard, is pretty, it's pretty legit. So uh, I think that's going to be good stuff. Chris, what do you think of this? You're muted, so if you want to share your thoughts, oh, that'd no. be great. You know, oh, you no. can go ahead and unmute. There you go. I just think I didn't even know that I was muted. Uh, I think I just want him to have some glorious long blonde hair. That's all I want. If he's got long blonde hair, then I'm I'm in. I think it's gonna be great. I hope so. I do too. So much. I, so. I love Stephen Young. He's so great. A super nice guy too. Mm -hmm. Very talented. Very very friendly. We love seeing good people succeed. All right, let's keep moving here. Okay, so we got more Sony stuff. So uh, Venom 3 is back in production already. They they came and did that meme where they wake all the kids up from jail and scared, <laughs> scared straight and be like, ah, uh, on to the soundstage right now. Um, Tom Hardy's already there. He took some pictures. So that is moving forward at a brisk clip. If they make these Venom movies fast, I'll tell you what, there's not no delays for these Venom movies. They, I don't they come know. out. I don't know that there's an actor alive who loves being a character more than Tom Hardy apparently loves being Venom. Maybe Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool, but that's that's about it. Like he clearly just loves being Venom. I, I I highly recommend looking up at that photo if you haven't seen it already. I almost memed it of like me talking about Venom is Tom Hardy and then everyone else was the director just looking very defeated and sad. Um, the, the movie's release date is like less than a year from now at this point. Like it'll be the start of November next year. So I love that they're turning this around that quickly. I like these are B movies at the end of the day and they're treating it like a B movie where you can turn it around, finish production and get it released in less than a year. And I'm excited. I don't even think Tom Hardy reads the script before he says yes. I think he's just like, it's, let's go. We're ready. I mean, he's, he's co-writing them at this point. Like, it's just him and the director just like, just spitballing back and forth. And that's what's great. Like, it's awesome. I don't think anybody reads the script on those movies. Oh nah, man. Where do I sign? I remember 
all the discourse about the lobster scene in the first movie of like this was not in the script we're very unhappy and it's like now the lobster scene is just the entire energy of the franchise and it's mm -hmm. awesome man those are the most those are the best venom movies i've ever seen <laughs> All right, let's keep more Sony news. More, more stuff, more Sony news. Goodness gracious. Chris Killian really changes the dynamic. It is great. You need to be here all the time, Chris. Um, Craven the Hunter star, Ariana DeBose, spoke to our Jamie Jirac for Wish, which is delightful. It's fun to see her talk. And, of course, Jamie asked her which Spider-Man she'd actually like to fight. And, unfortunately, for all of our amazing, amazing Spider-Man fans, she chose Andrew Garfield. So she said, I'd probably say Andrew because that would be fun. And he's a pal, so he'd probably be like, I would genuinely kick his butt. But he might just do something via solid and let me kick his butt. I don't know. You'd have to ask him that question. Ab you know, like, he might be absolutely not. Or what? Who knows? So no one over there at the Sony Universe knows we're ever going to see our pal Andrew Garfield again. He's just wearing finely tailored suits and smiling that's what he's that's what his job is right now along with being spider-man do we are, do you think we're ever going to get to see him interact with any of these people again stranger things have happened in this universe and i would be on board with seeing him and ariana debose in any movie much less this movie so why not sure spider-man turn out the dark it's right there <laughs> I poor man he just broke it <laughs> BD, you were the one who put like half of the show being Sony related stuff. You, no, you, no, no, no. I, I did have that. Oh, I, put, okay. I put this all branded. Don't put that evil on him. I'm all sorry, right. BD. I thought he made his own prison, basically. Listen, I try to stay positive. I try to enjoy stuff. I swear. Tom Hardy <laughs> is great as Venom, but I'm still stuck there. Those movies. <laughs> Tom Hardy is fantastic as Venom. And who knows? Maybe maybe Aaron Taylor Johnson would be great as Craven. Maybe Ariana DeBose will fight Andrew Garfield, but I I gotta you know what? Can you put Layla's comment up on the screen, please? I'll wait and see. You're mentally in the Amazon. I, I'm researching spiders. <laughs> okay. I'm researching spiders with Ezekiel Sims. I'm on the plane with Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker's parents. <laughs> all right all right we got one last news topic here oh wait they're still alive uh in a deleted scene yeah uh um, more sony news even more sony news so um a report from the ankler came out last night that basically said that now that the writers guild strike is over um the wga might be uh threatening to sue amazon studios for continuing to put some of the shows on hold that they were already working on before the strike um there aren't a lot of other details beyond that but we do know that silk spider society which was the the first marvel show that they're working on for amazon is, is reportedly among those ships. So how do we feel about this? Do we think we're going to get to see this like interconnected universe of live action Spider-Man shows or what do, what do we think is going to happen at this point? Ain't happening. I love Angela Kang. I'm pretty sure she was supposed to show run this. Angela Kang saved The Walking Dead, uh, was handed a bad Walking Dead show and made it very interesting while losing the tools, the most valuable and efficient tools that made that show work. She still made that show really good after seasons that weren't that. Uh, but I don't think this all this stuff is going to come to fruition. I think a lot of the stuff we see now, I think also just budgets are going to change and goals are going to change because these are expensive to make. And I think the superhero bubble has burst. It's not all just a layup. Now you actually got to be a skilled shooter to, to get draw people in. So no, I don't, I don't, I don't think, uh, 
I, obviously it could, but right now I'm on the eh, probably might not see this. I kind of always felt that way, that way about this though. Um, I, I'm sad because Jamie Jarak is not here to to weep for the possible loss of her beloved Spider-Man Noir series <laughs> that was supposed to happen. Now that that's I, that's what I'm actually sad about. Not so much Swift <laughs> Society, but Spider-Man Noir. The 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 loss of that is what's really what's really getting me here. You know, I'm I'm it's, I want Nicolas Cage in live action as Spider-Man Noir. You know, if if you feel like the superhero uh, uh, bubble is burst, then then give us some stuff we haven't seen in a black and mm-hmm. white Spider-Man uh series or movie is exactly what we need uh is it yes it is, yes, it it is. is. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i'd watch i'd watch i'd watch uh yeah that's uh, that's our news for the day a lot of a lot of news because uh the post credit scene oh hold on i just got a who can hit chat thing and slide make sure it's not marvel news breaking right as we're ending the show uh oh no it's it's another scream update oh boy okay. well yeah we'll leave oh, that man. For, oh yeah. okay all right that's that's that's, that's for another cool. podcast yeah that's for another podcast and that one is that one frustrates me uh but the podcast or the uh I'm just no the, po- the podcast not the podcast <laughs> uh all right y'all well thank you so much for listening to phase zero uh we are thankful for every single one of you who subscribe to our channel who listen to us uh, in your car, at work, at the gym, wherever you listen to our podcast. We appreciate it. You know what's interesting is I, 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 I say this. I've said this a few times recently. But when we when I see people like who pull up our show on their TV screens and watch us on this on the TV, I've been like I've been at the gym. I've been uh, out in at an office or wherever. And people will have like a live YouTube show up on their screen. It's yet to be ours. But my point is, it's like, it's people in our industry who I see, like, I'll see Perry Nemiroff, or I'll see John Campier, or I'll see these people that like, I just see strangers watching them. I'm like, damn, that's cool. It's just somebody I know. And like, that's us sometimes. You guys watch us and we appreciate that. It really, it's, it's kind of bizarre to me. I can't really overemphasize how thankful I am that you guys spend time with us and watch our show and the people who drop their, their name in the comments and let us get to know you a bit. We appreciate it. So that's my little speech to end the show. Jenna, what you got? Um, it's at Hey, it's Jenna Lynn on social media. And as always, go read some comics. Aaron? Oh, it's at some of the corner. I'd like to thank everybody for watching our Oman Villani interviews. And I don't know what we're going to do. Uh, somebody mentioned that Echo rewatch. Talk to Jim Viscardi. Tell him to, to give us cots so we can do all of Echo at once. So we can do it. We're just going to do a live watchathon. Just live watchathon, just oh, us building God. Lego Avengers Tower and watching <laughs> Echo at the same time. <laughs> Chris Killian, thank you for joining us on Phase Zero. Any last words for today's show? No, just thank you guys for having me on. I always love coming on here and shooting the shit with you guys. You guys are great, and uh, I'll come on anytime. You know, if Aaron wants me on more, you know, I love Aaron, and I want to give Aaron what he wants. So you just let me let me know anytime. Just hit me up. I love it. All right, y'all. Well, thank you guys so much for another great show. Have a safe, happy holiday weekend. If you celebrate, travel safe. Uh, play our show for your mom. Play it for your dog. It's a terrific weekend to do that. So uh, we'll see you on Friday with an audio-only episode, little bonus episode, just to be thankful. See you there.